episode of 228 of... Brutal Battle. Yes, we're doing it. Uh, and actually, for this episode, we're going to be doing a warm-up beer. Yay! Gotta have a warm-up beer when Mike's on. So, um, yeah, I think it's been a while since we've done any warm-up beers, but yeah. I already poured it. Uh, I poured it in some very nice glasses that we got from the Saver Be- event Beautiful one tasting beer glasses. Yeah, these are like, I think they're calling these Teku glasses. Teku, Taiku, something like that, yeah. Yeah, so what we have here is, and we'll kind of talk about kind of why we chose this, but it's Dewclaw Brewing Company's Devil's Dew, which is a bourbon barrel, it's a blend of a bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout and a barley wine. So it's their Retribution and their Devil's Milk blended together. And it's a beautiful, beautiful beer. And it's 11%. So it looks like an imperial stout. (laughs) I mean, there's not much that you definitely get bourbon barrel aging on the nose. You can you can smell the bourbon. It smells sweet. Mm -hmm. It smells like a it smells like a really nice dessert. But you get also faint hops hop aromas in there too. You know, there's gonna be kind of a bite. There is there is like a faint kind of uh, hoppy bitterness in there. It's that kind of devil's milk coming through. But there's uh, it's caramelly. It is bourbony. It is chocolatey in the nose. There's a little bit of a raisin to it, a slight bit of like a salty soy sauce note in the nose as well. Anything I miss that you smell? Heaven. <laughs> it, it, here's the thing, though. It smells smooth as hell. It is. This this Just is absolutely like, one of my favorite beers. And the fact that I'm pretty sure you're busting out a five-year-old bottle that was the very first release batch of the Devil's Do. I can't, don't quote me on that. But I'm pretty confident in saying that. Yeah, and when I was talking about the beer, that's the thing I accidentally omitted. This is like a five-year-old beer. This is from 2014. This beer sellers beautifully. Hmm. Yeah, so it's, um, there's more to the, there's more of the raisin in the flavor than there is in the actual nose, but I feel like what's in the nose is pretty much mirrored in the flavor. Like, it's got that um, bourbony flavor. It's got that vanilla with it. It's got caramel. It's got chocolate. It's got a little bit of a coffee roast on there, and it's got a little bit of that kind of salty soy sauce. It's just it's smooth, man. It's it's like a sweet smoothness. Mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite like dessert beers. I'm having one more beer before I go to bed at the end of the night. Yeah, I love it when I can make it one of these guys. Yeah, like nightcap. Like, this is a beer that'll put you to sleep. Well, and the other thing is... Well, that'll that'll pair with some, like, chocolate chip cookies or something. Like, you know what? I want a nice little dessert before I go to bed. But let's talk about the ABV on this. It's 11%. I think it tastes like 9, in my opinion. 9. Maybe maybe some people could argue 10, but I definitely say it tastes below the 10 mark. So the combination of it tasting like the alcohol is significantly less and how smooth it is... I just keep sipping it. Like, mm-hmm. I can't... I'm going to have to t- talk more so I don't just get there's even like a little sm- There's even, like, a little smoky flavor in it from the bourbon barrels. I would agree with that. No, you're, you're definitely yeah. right. Which, I think, for me, that's where I was getting a little bit of that kind of, like, soy sauce. Because yep. sometimes that crosses into, like, a jerky-type deal. Jerky, liquid smoke aspect. Yeah. That beer is very yeah. nice. Yeah. That beer is, like... <laughs> Ooh, man, I'm starting to feel warm already here, actually. This is the one reason why I look forward to their Day of Retribution event, because they released The Devil's Still. And this was the past the first year they've done it since this bottle release. 
And when they do that event, they also have like you know vintage bottles that yeah. and cans that they'll release. And um, if they have more of this 2014, when we're there, I'm I'm getting it. They don't. I don't believe they do now. Oh yeah, they you know Dave has pulled some crazy things out of stashes I've not seen personally before, and there could be a keg or two of it floating around somewhere in that warehouse. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've gone through the breweries, and believe me, one of my favorite things is when I'm walking around that brewery. I, I'm not listening to the tour guide or anything. I'm looking at all the tags <laughs> on the kegs, yeah. the tags on the cases, the handwritten info to be like, all right, what can I see to potentially be like, hey, uh, how do I get some of that? Well, that's kind of like when Rebecca and I went and did our like behind the scenes tour when we went to Dogfish Head some years ago and interviewed Sam. No, I remember that. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. We went through a section where it was like beers that they cellared, and there's uh-huh. a whole section that is specifically Sam's. So we were like trying to look through the fence, and we're like, "What do we see back there? What's he holding? What, what look, look, looks awesome? A lot of like worldwide stout and 120 and stuff like that." Rightfully so. Those are both beautifully aged beers, too. But uh, I'm very sad that. Um, I don't have any more of these. I have this one, is it. I have one more bottle of those in my house, and I might God. be nice enough and save it for one day when Carlin's <sighs> over my house or something. Yeah. But then again, after having it tonight, I might have it when I get home later tonight with some peanut butter fudge. I'm not going to lie. You might not be able to control yourself. <laughs> no, this is outstanding at the moment. I'm sure it's really good fresh. I don't think I've actually ever had it fresh. I just <sighs> grabbed this and held it. I can taste you on a fresh one and a vintage one if you come <laughs> over to my house. I got them both. Well, that sounds good to me. We'll do that. The weird thing is the fresh ones they put in cans this past year. Yeah, they started to go to cans now. I'm okay it's with smart. that. It's, it's smart. It, it's just a little weird. It's smart. Yeah, I mean, when you get used to a beer in a certain format, it is a little weird. Um, but there's, the reason we're doing this one is because we want to talk about a topic that's kind of driven by a beer that Duclaw recently put out, which I have not tasted. Mike, you did taste. I tasted it, and I bought a can only so I could see the glitter. It's a sour beer, and as discussed in prior episodes, we all know I don't like sour <laughs> beers. So I specifically bought this beer... To wait till a friend of mine came over that did enjoy sour beers to pour it for them just so I could see the glitter. So the beer we're talking about is one that was released super recently called Sour Me Unicorn Farts. Now, uh, they have a whole line of sour beers just called Sour Me, and then it'll be like Sour Me Plum, Sour Me, you know, Mango, Sour Me, you know, Peach, yep. whatever. So this is Sour Me Unicorn Farts, which... Unicorn farts because they put uh, edible glitter into it, and then they it was also done with what like fruity pebbles cereal. I think it was fruity. I, I don't know if they put fruity pebbles in there, but it was it was designed to at least taste like fruity pebbles. Once again, since it was a sour beer, I didn't pay much mind to it. <laughs> yeah, I just heard the word edible glitter in it. And I'm like, you know what? This is actually kind of interesting and cheeky. I want to see how this looks and turns out. So your take on it is, and and this is basically the topic is kitschy beers. Correct. I know it's been talked about on this podcast a long time ago, but I think it's time to readdress it because I've never talked about glitter beers, really. And I and, and one's never been done on the East Coast that I'm aware of in no. glitter beer. I know maybe maybe a year ago, maybe a little bit more, there was a lot of debate in the beer community on the West Coast because some people had done glitter beers. And there was a big outcrying of people like, why are we doing this? What is the problem? Like... It does nothing. It's just like a looks thing, uh, but it just hadn't happened on the East Coast. Now that it's happened on the East Coast and very close to me, I'd like to dive into it. So your take on it is you're I, fine. I like the idea personally. You know, okay. we're all we're all in this business to sell stuff, and right. you know what? In the end, it's alcohol. It's just it's 
fun and it's a beverage. So why not have a little fun with it? And you know sure. what? Putting sparkles, sprinkles, or whatever you want to call it in <laughs> in a beer and calling it unicorn farts? Why not? Why not? <laughs> Let's be real. I mean, Dogfish Head has pushed the envelope so much yeah. that it's like... You know, what's crazy back, nowadays? Back in the day, Rogue's Beard Beer, where they yeah. made a beer that was hard, that was fermented with yeast from one of the brewer's beards. The, the brewers do all sorts of crazy gimmicky stuff. The whole sriracha, yeah. sriracha in the beer, the peppers in the beer. Let's have some fun with it. In the end, we're drinking alcohol and beer. It's fun. Actually, side note, I we had the Rogue Beard beer on the podcast a long time ago, and it actually was a yeah, solid yeah. beer. I, I tried it because I, uh, you know, working in the industry, I'm like, you know what? Kind of a gross concept, but I, I <laughs> yeah. want to try it. I'm a little curious of what yeah. this beer is going to taste like. Yeah, so uh, so you're good with it, and and I agree with you in the aspect of your selling stuff. Yeah, like. If it sells, it's the right move in as, a sense. As, as long as you're not pushing a super inferior product, you know, there are going to be some people out there that I'm, I don't like it. There are going to some, be some people that it was good. There are some people that are going to be like, oh, I absolutely loved it. It was my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. You never please everyone. Truth. So you can't, you know, there's going to be haters out there. Let them hate. And sometimes <laughs> it's good to encourage the hate. Like I was talking with Dave Benfield, the founder owner, and I was trying to encourage him next year and imp- his retribution bar- bourbon barrel aged imperial stout to add blueberries and add glitter into it and call it Starry Night just to try and piss more people off. I would think you could probably actually see the glitter better in a darker beer. That's too. what I was thinking too, especially because like I know like when you hit it the unicorn farts with like a really high flashlight, mm. you could really see the shimmers and sparkles. So I could only imagine what it would look like in a nice dark, thicker, thicker beer. So I'm going to be honest. I like I said, I agree with you on the on the, the aspect of you know you're selling beer, uh, and that's fine. You know what sells, just do it. But at the same time, I. I'm not going to hide my true feelings and say that when I heard about this beer, I didn't roll my eyes because I rolled them really hard um, because I don't like kitsch, kitschy things like that. Like, I like some kitschy things as long as they have some sort of use. Like, another recent one, going back to Dogfish Head, was their Super 8, which they made where you can, and we had it on the podcast. You can develop Super 8 film in it. Yeah, exactly. So, yes, that's kitsch. It's totally kitsch. But at the same time... You can use it for developing film if you actually but, want to oh, do let's, that. Let's be real. How many people are actually going to I bet you maybe I know. 0.10% of the people that drank that beer actually might have used right. it. But plus, the other thing, though, is that was their aim, but they also focused on the flavor. And it, it kind of just seemed to me like they looked for a way to make it happen while searching to find you know, a, a really good flavor profile that would work. You know, with me, the aspect of the glitter, the edible glitter, it does nothing for flavor. It has absolutely nothing to do with it, the flavor of the beer. It wasn't meant for, for the additional bit of the flavor. You know, say, saying the glitter does nothing to the beer is like saying the paint on my house walls don't do anything to my house. It makes That's it look true. nice. It makes it look pretty. Appearance is a huge thing in the mind when it comes to tasting things and enjoying the moment. So the fact that they're just trying to pretty up the appearance of the beer, bam, the glitter's doing something right there. That's true, and that kind of does play to the whole um, New England style IPA yeah, the haziness and all pe- that. Yeah, people are just like, oh, I want, I want the haziest beer. Like before, it was all about you got to fil- filter your beer; it mm-hmm. has to be clear, it has to look good, and that's what was considered looking pretty. 
Now it's totally flipped on its head with the newer drinkers and the people who are into the IPA haze craze saying, I want to see the haziest IPA because that's beautiful to me now. Yeah. Don't filter my I, beers. I, I want it to look like orange juice. I want it to have that kind of concentrated look to it. Yeah. So it does go with what the the craft industry is, is into, kind of, looks-wise. Mm-hmm. But I'm a little old school in that sense. Yeah. And I just, for me personally, it kind of turned me off. But at the same time, I would try it. I heard it tastes good. Yeah. It, it's a sour beer. So when I tried it, when yeah. I poured it for my friend, I, I wasn't a fan of it. I will say this. It has definitely nowhere near the worst sour I've ever had. You know, I, I took a sip, and I would say on a scale of 1 to 10, I made about a 3 of the puckering Mikey doesn't like sour sour beer spaces. So <laughs> Mikey it was, doesn't yeah, like it. <laughs> it wasn't terrible for me, and the person that consumed it, they enjoyed it. They, they didn't talk, talk bad about it at all. Well, the other thing I have to say is that I am usually quite happy when I find out that a beer is selling really well yeah. from Duclaw because we've talked about it on the podcast before. Duclaw is like in the roots of my love Same. for craft beer, so they're close to my heart. Um, I will chide them for certain beers here and there. As we all should. Yeah. It's more of just... It's, Keep them it, on their toes. It's not a um, relationship I have with them where they're like superior and they're like a god in a sense it's more of a relationship like we're spouses mm-hmm. and like we love each other but we have disagreements yeah. from time to time and i kind of feel that way with a lot of breweries that i'm a fan of you're, you're never gonna like every single brewery's yeah. beer it's not gonna exactly. happen but there's gonna be some you'll like a little bit more than others agreed so as far as the kitschy beer ordeal goes are there any kitschy beers that you've seen or had and been just like no, no, no. Oh, uh, well. Because of the kitsch of it. Not really no, 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 to be honest with you of this aspect, because I have a pretty open mind of things. One that got me really recently with a yes, yes, yes. Adroit Theory did one of their Imperial Stouts, where they literally pretty much cleaned the county out of Oreo cookies and <laughs> brewed this beer with Oreo cookies. Well, Nabisco was excited. I picked up one bottle of this. Came home, and initially I was told, this bottle is way too sweet. 22-ounce bottle. Split it with, like, three or four people. And I'm like, well, just me and my brother here tonight. He likes stouts. Let's crack this open and split it. Poured half into my glass, half into his glass. Smelled it. Looked at him. was like, holy moly, this smells like an Oreo cookie. <laughs> yeah. And then I noticed there's actually chunks of the white cream still floating around in the beer. So it looked gross. No, it, it, it kind of looked delicious. I'm not going to lie. Okay. And then I tried it, and I was like, well, I'll be. It's like drinking a <laughs> Oreo cookie. And I downed that glass, and I loved every minute. The next day when I showed up to work, I bought us out of every last bottle. And let me tell you, this <laughs> bottle is one of the bottles I've seen with the most do-nots on it. Do not buy it if the place is keeping it warm. Do not let it well, get warm. Do not sell her. Do not this. Do not this. Like the list one was like, wow, you really don't want me to do stuff with this beer. <laughs> so uh, the question on that is, did it still taste like a beer though? No. No, it did. Right. It straight up tasted like an Oreo cookie. That Like I could pour this for somebody and just tell them it's an Oreo cookie chocolate milk, dark chocolate milk, and they would probably believe me. So sometimes I'm okay with that. Sometimes I'm not okay with that. But I think overall, from a beer perspective, I don't like when they put so much stuff in that you're like, I can't even tell this is a beer anymore. Like, kind of, what's the point? 
Depends on what style of beer it is for me. Yeah, there are sometimes I will completely agree with you, especially when they go with the fruit forwardingness of some things. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry, when I tried this beer and I tasted that Oreo cookiness, oh, <laughs> it was like I, I'm disappointed. I, I, I've already drank them all. So. Um, Okay, so I don't know if you heard about this one, but there was a real kitschy one that was done by The Vale Brewing down in Virginia in Richmond. Uh, very, very popular brewery. I've and, heard of them before. I don't think I've had anything from them. Um, damn it, I should have given you something because we were down there <laughs> earlier in the year and I didn't think to get you something. We'll, we'll go down again. We'll, we'll bring you something back. They do have some good stuff. Actually, my favorite thing when we were down there was their um, Hoppy Pilsner was really good. Called Child Support. <laughs> it was really good. They got me on the name alone. It was, uh, they did a few different versions of it, and they hopped it with single hop. So that was the one with um, Hollowtown Middle Fruit. Uh, really good. But anyway, so they had done a beer that was done with fried chicken. Literally I've heard, ab- threw a bunch I've of fried heard chicken about, in. yes. I've heard about this action now that you mention it. So my first response, much like the unicorn farts, was, Heavy eye roll. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, it's kitsch. It's ridiculous. But then I started thinking. I love fried chicken. Right. But the <laughs> the fat, the fattiness to it could really help it out. And I'm going to tie it to a beer that we actually had on the podcast a long time ago by Right Brain Brewing. There was their Mangalitza Pig Porter. And that one was done with pig heads. It was a porter brewed with pig heads. And I was like. Nice, smoky, sweet ham flavor. I could see that. Being well, played really well. Mainly what the fattiness of it did is it gave it a real creamy mouthfeel. I was basically kind of like adding lactose to it. That yeah. smooth. Actually even yeah. better in my opinion. Even creamy. I, I could see it. Even more substantial in the mouthfeel. And um, yeah, that was one that I was just like, this is kitsch. This is ridiculous. This is stupid. And then I tried it and I was like, this is actually super tasty. Did it like, actually taste awesome. like fried chicken? Oh, no, not, I'm talking okay. about the pig one. Okay. I never had the fried chicken one. I would love to have tried it, but, um, yeah. But that that's just an instance of kind of like I was saying about the unicorn farts where my initial knee-jerk reaction is, oh, come on, what are we doing? This is so gimmicky. And then I'm like, well, I mean, it might do something good to the beer. My, my theory is always don't knock it till you try it. No, that's true. You know, look at some of the, what the Brewdog McKellar guys have done and put in their beers. The Weasel Poop Coffee stuff. Oh, the, um, yeah, the Civet Cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, literally, that's the thing. If people don't know about this, I'll, I'll just explain it real quick. So there's this very expensive version of coffee that it does something to the coffee. I don't know the, exactly what. The cat what. eats it, and the digestive acids in the stomach do some kind of molecular change to the coffee and then when the civic cat poops it out they collect the poop they clean the coffee beans out of it and then they use those beans to brew a coffee yeah so i've heard that that coffee is supposed to be phenomenal and i i don't think i've ever had that coffee or any of those beers with the coffee in it because expensive i've had the beer with the coffee in it i'm not gonna lie i get discounts so it's not super expensive for me well i would ask you your thoughts but you're not a coffee guy yeah it it, it was way too coffee for me it wasn't a bad beer the base beer was good but once again there was just too much coffee the next time you have uh, a crack at that let me know i'll come and get one because i would like to try it for the podcast just to have an idea um so all right so um I don't think I have anything else I want to say about kitschy beers. 
Keep them coming. Do you have anything? Keep them okay. coming. Let's yeah. have some fun. You're of the mind. It's like, beer. Just do it. We're partying. Let's have some fun. Um. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Uh, while we've been talking about this, and that's bringing this topic to a close, I've continually been sipping this Devil's Dew. It kind of has no right to be this good. It's God. It's so good right now. It's so good. I like both the the mystery beers look really good, but it's almost like I don't <laughs> I don't want to move like, on to them because yeah. I'm enjoying the Devil's Dew so much. Well, the other thing is, as I drink more and as it warms up. That devil's dew is getting uh-huh. even better, and it's becoming like more chocolatey. It's becoming more vanilla-y, more caramelly. It's just usually when I pour beauty. myself a devil's dew, I'll, I'll, I'll pour it out of the fridge, I'll pour it into a glass, and then I'll throw a little paper towel over the top of my glass to keep dust from going in, and then I'll grab another beer out of the fridge. Oh, I'll, that's dr- I'll drink that beer, and then I'll go back to my devil's dew. So I'm like, okay, now you're at the proper temperature, and then. Ooh, it goes down way too smooth. I'm not going to lie. So do you just have a really dusty house? Why do you have to put a paper towel over it? There's dust everywhere, and I don't want dust getting eh. into my beer. So you You're know. breathing it in. Well, yeah, but doesn't I don't want to get okay. in my beer. All right, I get it. Well, you also have cats. That too, and there's a lot. <laughs> and I have no carpet, so the cat hair just... Uh, mm-hmm. I got like tumbleweeds of cat hair going across the house. That's one of the things that drives me nuts, too, about people bringing dogs into breweries, into like, their tap rooms, is that if dogs are shedding, like you can end up with dog hair just like in people's mm-hmm. beers, which is gross. Yeah, I love doggos, so I can't really argue that situation, but right. it's like, I'll sit on the floor and let them jump on me and lick me in the face, so it's like, <laughs> well, you know, it's a little hair in my beer sometimes, but yeah, I, I can completely understand where you're coming from. Just my person. Yeah. Anyway, let's do the mystery beers. Let's hit them up. Uh, it looks, they look the same as the the last episode. Well, I, the first one's hazy it's and not, very It's not light. nearly as hazy where I feel like the first one, you can almost see like haze cloud lines going through it. It's yes. a much more uniform That's haziness true. to it. No, you're right. And I feel like B is a much more amberish in color. Not as dark, yeah. but an yeah. a- more amber color. Okay, so yeah, so the more yellowy orange one that is more hazy is A, and let's smell it. Definitely smells a whole lot Ooh. more citrusy. Yeah. This, I'm getting almost lemon notes. Yeah, definitely, they're actually definitely little, lemon. like lemon and orange, and uh, it's it's got a, a sugary note on the nose, but it's not too much. It's actually a nice kind of pleasant sugary sweetness on there it's because it's like, mixing with the citrus. Mm, so and it's well. almost like they're using the lemon zest rather than yes. juice or something. Yeah, I agree with that. Because I do smell a slight bitterness on there. But it's not that astringent bitterness. I see, I, okay, see see what you think. I feel like I smell a slight melon, like a like a hunt like a cantaloupe type melon. It's very very slight. I just took my first sip and give me one sec because I'm gonna have to really refresh my palate after <laughs> the devils uh, do. So give me one sec to refresh the old nose and palate. Go for it. So it does. It does smell to me like one of these double dry hopped hazy IPAs because it's it's so citrus driven and heavy on the nose. Yeah, I don't know if I would say good. it's a full blown double though. The, the way the classifying beers for these breweries are going, I'm saying double dry hop. Okay, okay. Ooh, mm. Mm. So, it, honestly, the um, it tastes like a kicked up version of that Oliver's Harbinger hazy IPA we had last episode, and I'm talking like just like doubled up on mm-hmm. the flavors. I see where you're talking, like that kind of lemon zest. Yeah, there is a good orange to it. There, I do feel like there's a little bit of like a cantaloupe. It's very, very slight. 
Obviously not much bitterness at all because it is that hazy style. But it's a little bit more bitter than than the Oliver's. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's less yeast it's less yeasty and, and biscuity. So it, it's got a little bit of a yeasty biscuitiness to it, but it's significantly less than that harbinger that we had last episode. Um I dig, I dig it. I think it's pretty yeah. solid. It's easy, it's pretty tasty. And there is a little bit of that sweetness coming through. It's it's slightly sugary sweetness. It's not too much. It's not too much. I'm yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. As you can tell, I'm I dig it. It's solid. Let's go on to beer B. I have to think a little more about this. This one is more clear, but still kind of hazy. Yeah. More orange than the I other would say amber. Well, yeah, orange, amber. Yeah, a little amber tinge. Nose. This one's a little skunky. Slightly dank, skunky, little resinous. But the skunk aroma I'm getting, it's not like the bad skunk, as in no. like the beer went bad. It's like the good kind of like... <laughs> yeah, like the dankness uh-huh. that people talk about in hoppy beers. I smell a little bit of a... a Bitterness, not a whole lot. This sm- also smells a little bit sweet. This one, actually, the nose profile is kind of similar to Beer A, but not as pronounced. And there's a little bit more of a malty sweetness on the nose, too. <sighs> yeah. This smells like it's probably another hazy IPA. But it's not see, like double dry hopped or I don't think this is a hazy IPA. I just feel like I'm not getting a ton on the nose. It's very light. It's a very delicate nose. Yeah. I just... Yeah. I don't know. It's like super light. Hmm. Um, yeah. See, I'm starting to wonder if it's one of those IPAs that are, are designed to taste like a marijuana strain, like the DC Brow Taste of Freedom, the, the... Sweet Waters... Uh, G13 something something hash line or whatever it is. I'm going to rinse my powder a little bit more. I'm not going to lie. Between these two beers, this, this starter beer was not the best oh. one to crush your palate. Oh, no. Well, no, that, yeah, well. But it's very different flavor from mm-hmm. profile wise. I do think that the taste of A can be interfering with B. So that's why I kind of went to water and rinsed my mouth out. There you go. Yeah, the flavor increases a little bit in B now. But it's pretty malty. It's like biscuity, malty, yeasty. It's weird for me because I'm kind of liking the aromas of A better, but I'm liking the taste of B better. Really? Yeah. I like the overall everything of A better, to be honest. B's coming off as more like malt driven with not a whole lot of other see, stuff going on. What I like about B is it kind of reminds me of those old school style IPAs before we all hit the kind right. of whoa. So going, going back and forth, yeah. Yeah, it, it's insane going back and forth because B is so like malty like malty sweet and like a little more bitterness and then you go to A and it's just like way more vibrant. There's like a citrus blast and it's very sweet in comparison to B, actually. It's a different sweetness, though. It's more of like a sugary sweetness in A. In B, it's more of a malt sweetness. Hmm. <clears throat> I'm preferring A at the moment, though. 
got to be honest. Okay. I know where I'm going. Do you have an idea? I have an idea. All right. Did you want to lead on A since you led on B last time? Yeah, sure. All right. What you giving it? Let's see. That's a good choice because uh, between the nose and the taste, I kind of like it better than the Oliver's. So I'm going to have to go with six on this one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give A a four. I dig that beer. That is, that's nice. So that's an overall five. And then I will go ahead and take the lead on B. Not a ton going on for me there. I'm going to give it a two. So I'm going to have to agree with you because although I do kind of like the taste better on B than I do A, the nose on B is just so kind of flat and mute. It really brings down the overall experience for me. I honestly, in with the nose and the flavor of B, I felt like I have to reach to get a lot, to get much of anything. It's tough. It's a challenging beer. I'm going to go with three on the on, on B. Okay. Loser with 2.5. So uh, it's a double up. Uh, a doubled up on B, so that's nice. So let's go ahead and try uh, unveil B first. B, the loser of the episode overall, two point five is ooh Maine Beer Company. This is their Spring IPA, and the ABV six point five. That makes sense. Let me see if there's anything special about it. It is definitely within date code. This this beer is basically one month. Old. Really? Yes. That's imp- that's impressive for Maine Brewing Company in the state of Maryland. I hate to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah there, there's nothing special. Like no particular tasting notes. It's fine. In- interesting though, in the notes that it's in date code with less than a month, but we still got that kind of skunk esque aroma because I don't think this beer should yeah. really have that in it. Yeah, I don't know. Well, let's find out. B uh, or I'm sorry, A. Big winner with an overall of five. I'm excited to find out what this so is because I. I dig this. Is that another Oliver? Oh, no, it's Captain Lawrence oh, Brewing. They've been really pre- impressing me. Their it's tears their, are green. It's their Galactic Fog with Comet Hops. And it's a New England style IPA, double dry hopped. I called that. Yes, you did. With Comet Hops and the ABV 8.5. Are you kidding me? That's impressive. Whoa, dude. That I'm going to okay. go revisit this one real quick. Uh, I'm going to need... I might need to pick a little bit of this up. <laughs> um, that's tasty. Uh, so, you know how the last episode I was kind of saying, like, hazy IPAs done, like, meh, mm-hmm. you know, like, mid-level? This isn't, like, an amazing hazy IPA, but this is on the better end. That's a good in one. In my opinion. Yeah. I've I don't think I've ever had anything by Captain Lawrence that I've been like that sucks uh, oh, or no, I don't like no. it. They're they're one they're of those good. Good, you know I could probably say I've had mm-hmm. something from them I didn't like but it was probably a style of beer I don't like. It happens right. all the time. But now out of all the styles of beer I like, Captain Lawrence is one of those like it's like a barley oak. You're never going to go wrong unless it's out of date or something. You're never going to go wrong with their beers. They're out of uh Elmsford, New York. Just so people know. So, New York. New and if York. you see their tears of green, I highly recommend you pick that up, too, because it's delicious. Yeah, I'd heard good things. Yeah, that's... Ooh, that galactic fog. Kind of nice. Dig it. Obviously, as Devil's Do is the star, though. I'm sorry. Oh. It's, it's hard <laughs> it's, to compare Devil's Do, especially a vintage Devil's Do that is right, just drinking right. beautifully. It is unfair. Cool. Well, uh, thank you so much. Uh, this, is all, this has been a good time, and... 
Thanks everyone for listening, and until next time, keep it brutal. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production. 